Welcome to another podcast by Victoria Point Baptist Church. We are glad you have joined us today. If you would like to connect with us as we aim to introduce people to Jesus by connecting with our local community and beyond, you can find out more at vpbc.com.au. Would you join with me as we pray? Father God, we come to you this morning with the eyes of our heart on you. We understand that you are the creator of all things. You are sovereign. You're all-knowing, all-powerful. And so, Father God, there's this confidence that we have when we come into your presence and when we approach you. And Father God, we thank you for this gift of prayer, an opportunity for us to share our heart with you. And we thank you, God, this is available to us at all times and we're able to speak to you and share all that is on our heart. So, Father God, we're going to take a moment this morning together just to consider all that we need to bring, all those things that are heavy on our heart, those things that uh, take up space in our thinking. We're going to give them to you because you are good and faithful. You are our good, good Father. So would you take a moment? Perhaps there's just someone that you know, family, friend, neighbour, someone who just needs God's touch at this time. Uh, Karen Memmott's uh, mum, 84-year-old, passed away just yesterday, I believe. So could you pray for Karen at, at this time and the rest of the family? But there may be others that you're aware of that just need God touch. Take a moment and to pray for them. At the beginning of our service, we talked about the importance of praise and praising the name of our God. Would you take a moment to thank God? The blessings that he's bestowed upon each of us. Would you take a moment just to praise his name and to thank him? And perhaps for you right now, there's something that's quite personal, close to your heart, a worry or a concern, something that just attempts to rob you of your joy. Would you take a moment just to lay that at the feet of Jesus, just to take this opportunity, choose this avenue of prayer to hand that concern over to him. Father God, we thank you for the privilege we have to be called your children. We thank you for the privilege that we can be a part of your family, both here and eternally. We pray today that we would value that fellowship, that we would support and encourage each other, that we'd pray for each other. And Father God, I pray too that we'd understand our purpose, that we are here to usher in your kingdom to re-establish your kingdom in this present evil age. Father God, I pray that we need to keep our eyes on you to be able to be effective in that calling and in that purpose. So we pray today, God, as we look at Jonah, that we'd have an understanding uh, about the way that you encourage us to turn back to you, turn back to your plans, turn back to your purposes. We're easily distracted. You know and you understand. Nothing surprises you. But I pray today, Father God, that we would turn the eyes of our heart back to you. 
that we might indeed usher in your kingdom. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, As a young boy growing up, uh, I spent uh, most of my time playing sport. Uh, It was either hitting a ball or kicking a ball or hitting someone or something. There was some uh, hitting and kicking going on there somewhere. And a lot of that time, it was, uh, we had the joy of being able to do that in my own backyard. I had my mate who just lived up the road, and we'd have our unofficial football games and cricket test matches and all sorts of things. We'd be doing that all of the time. And one of the games that we invented was this uh, game of golf, where you started at the front of the house, but the hole was at the back of the house. And to get there, the idea was that you hit the ball so hard against the fence or the house that sort of bounced off and it ended up around the back. Well, it sounds good in theory. (laughs) Uh, However, I started off and I happened to hit the ball just a little bit too hard. And it missed our fence uh, and it went over the fence to our neighbours. It's at this point that I need to introduce to you Mr Gummo. Mr Gummo was our neighbour and he wasn't excited about the fact that I like playing sport. And so over the time, he would constantly be confiscating the cricket balls and the soccer balls and the footballs. He'd soften, and then he'd give them back to you a few days later. But Mr. and Mrs. Gummo were sitting down having morning afternoon tea. And they had these casement windows. You know the ones where they just open up sort of like at an angle? You just push them open a little bit? And I suppose there was about a six-inch gap between the windows when I hit this golf ball that missed the fence but went in through their window. And fortunately or unfortunately, it didn't hit them, but it all hit all their cups and saucers and plates. And you just heard this commotion. And I still remember to this day, Mr. Gummo sticking his head out the window and saying, Paul, you're not getting this one back. (laughs) And I never did see that golf ball ever again. (laughs) I can remember too when I hit it and I missed the fence and I saw where it was heading going, oh no. What have I done? Oh, I wish I could get my time back again. I wish I could do that differently because I know there's going to be a lot of trouble coming my way. Jonah was someone who had the ultimate oh no moment. He came to that place where I'm sure that he wished that he could have had his time all over again. But the Lord provided a great fish to swallow Jonah and Jonah was inside the fish three days. Uh, It's interesting, just locally, you might have seen on the news where someone supposedly was swallowed by a whale or spent some time in or something, so there you go. But like Jonah, I think we just all understand what it's like or that feeling that we have or that pain of regret when we've made a choice or we've made a bad choice or we've done something that we know that we shouldn't have done. And uh, we're a bit overwhelmed, I suppose, by our failure. And as Christians, we need to understand the spiritual battle that's going on here. There is, of course, consequences. And sometimes we go, oh, no, because we know there's going to be some consequences that we don't enjoy. But sometimes our, uh, our sense of guilt and despair uh, is supersized because we listen to the wrong voice. Because we don't understand the spiritual battle. And yes, we all fail, uh, but the evil one is someone who very quickly reminds us of our failures and our shortcomings. And we lose perspective, we lose sight of the gospel of God's grace that's available to us because the evil one tries to rob us of that and rob us of our joy. 
And the one thing we need to understand this morning is tomorrow and the next day and the day after that, you and I will be making mistakes. You and I will be having those days where we go, oh no, I wish I hadn't have done that. Now, sometimes people will point them out to us, sometimes a bit too enthusiastically, uh, but we ourselves are aware because we have that sense of that regret, that sense of guilt that we sometimes carry. A number of weeks ago, we talked about how we need to have a plan for our pain. In other words, what will we do when life doesn't go as we want? What sort of, we need to have a plan to turn God onto our, our difficulties and our challenges so that we can receive a blessing. And today it's the same thing. Uh, the pain of regret, the pain of failure, the pain of guilt. We need to have a plan. We need to understand that this is something that we won't overcome. This is something that you and I will constantly struggle with. No one here will be of the ability where they can say, oh, I've got to the point now where, you know, I'm not falling short. God knows and he understands and so he encourages us to come to him. And I want you to remember or to know today, even you may not remember anything else, but there's going to be some time in the future when the evil one accuses you or people around you accuse you. I want you to remember this. Our God is a God of second chances and third and fourth and fifth and sixth chances. That's his nature. That's his heart. That's how he looks at us when we fail. He is a God who encourages us to come back to him so that we can enjoy his blessing again. And yes, we understand, look, there's always consequences. Sometimes we, we miss out on blessings and various things because of the bad decisions that we make. There's a reality about that. But we don't need to add the further weight of the accusation of the evil one because it was only last week from Colossians we said we are free from all accusation. The evil one, no one is able to accuse us if we are in Christ. And so, yes, there's a sense of regret and there's a sense of confession. We want our relationship to God to be right. But often, because it is so foreign to us, because it's so different from the world, because our bosses aren't like this and the principals aren't like this and policemen aren't like this, it's so foreign to our world, but God is a God of second chances and third and fourth and fifth and so on. So we need to overcome this temptation that the evil one uh, savors within our mind and, and tries to flame into action. This sense of, oh no, I've done something wrong, but oh no, I'm outside of God's favor. Because God's unconditional and gracious love enables us, yes, to have the remorse of doing the wrong thing, but to have that wonderful hope and that wonderful certainty and that security to know that we're able to come back to him at any time. He welcomes us. He is the God of second chances. What I have vowed, I will make good. Salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish and had vomited Jonah onto dry land. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. And Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord. Jonah made a really good choice. He said, I'm no longer going to ignore God. I'm not going to persist in a life where I turn my back on him or I don't listen to him or I don't, I don't obey him. And so here we see Jonah specifically enjoys a second chance because God said, I want you to do what I asked you to do in the first place. I want you to go to Nineveh and to bring my message there to them. And so, yes, there's pain when we choose badly, but the most important aspect of our life is our relationship with God. There's nothing more important. 
our, to be in harmony with our God, to be at peace with God, to have a conscience that is open and clear before God is the most important thing in life. And that is always available to us. That is always available to us. We shouldn't wait. We shouldn't sort of, you know, well, I need to pay a price. Uh, there's a sense of regret, yes. There's a sense where we face consequences, yes. But we shouldn't waste any time in coming back and enjoying the forgiveness of God, to be in his presence, to enjoy it, to enjoy his blessing. So today, uh, there may be some here or there may be some who are watching online who have never had an encounter with Jesus. God wants to give an opportunity for you today to take hold of the blessing that he wants to give to you by you responding to him in obedience. His call for you is to come. Come, I want to be your God. I want to be your Father God. I want to, uh, let I want to enjoy the relationship that we can have as you trust me, as you look to faith in my son Jesus. So that for some here this morning who are watching have never had that genuine encounter with Jesus where they say, I need you, I need the forgiveness that is available in you so that I can be restored to God. But it would be my guess that most of us here enjoy that privilege of being a child of God. Most of us here have had that encounter. And so when we're challenged or when we have to consider coming back to God, it's not for salvation. It's not that we're a part of the family again. It's not like God sort of throws us out and then he brings us back. That's silly. He'll never leave us or forsake us. But there is a sense sometimes where as Christians we realise that we've stopped listening to him. We've stopped obeying him. We've sort of implemented our own agendas and our own timetables. We stop trusting. We start worrying. And we sort of try to, to manipulate our lives ourselves. And it's this where we need to be restored to the harmony of being with our God and our King. And so even though for Jonah it was a deliberate act where he refused to do what God says, and that's never a good idea, sometimes our turning away can be seemingly a little bit more passive. We just stop listening. We just stop caring. We stop trusting. We introduce our own timetable and our own agenda and our own purposes and we just feel that distance. And we sort of know somehow there's something not right. We don't seem to be enjoying the blessing of God. And that's not to say things just go perfectly for us. Sometimes we can be in the centre of God's will and life is still tough and hard. But I think there is that innate sort of sense, that, that sense of, uh, I don't seem to be enjoying the favour of God. Now we need to realise God always wants us to enjoy his favour, regardless of what we've done. God wants to bless us. He wants to en us to enjoy his favour. The only reason possibly that you and I wouldn't be enjoying his favour is because we're not resting in him like we should. Trusting him, listening to him, obeying him. And so here we see that Jonah uh, said no to God and he ended up in the belly of the whale. Sometimes we're not so deliberate, not so much in God's face. Like I said, it's a more passive thing. But we do know in the heart of our hearts the times when we're living for God and listening and obeying and when we're not. Now I need to be really clear here. I'm not talking about trying harder to be a Christian. You can't do that. It's impossible. Stop. <laughs> I'm not talking here about striving and stressing and sweating. I need to read my Bible more. I need to pray more. I need to do this and that. That's not what I'm talking about. 
What I'm talking about is there's a, a humility in our spirit where we say, God, I know that I don't know, only you know. So there's a coming back to humility, there's a coming back to trust because you and I control very few things in our life. We think we do, but tomorrow something will happen that we'll have no control over. Things will happen that will throw us completely. We'll lose our compass bearings and all those things. And we'll panic and we'll be anxious. And we'll go, oh no, what do I do now? This is God saying, come back and trust me. Come back and invest in, my, uh, in a, a relationship of trust. Because we have one simple question that we have to answer this morning. And Jonah had to answer it and you have to answer it. And it's this, do we trust God's plan for our life? Do we trust the circumstances and the environment and the things that will come against in our life and will shape our life and head us off in a certain direction? Or do we, like Jonah, sort of think, oh no, I have something else that I'd like to do? And once we ask that question about God's plan, there's another question that we need to ask. If we're coming back to a sense of faith and trust where we're trusting him with our life, there's one more question that we need to ask. God, is, how is it that you want me to change? What is it that you want me to do differently? What principles or priorities do you want me to come under your spirit's leading rather than my own? You see, today and tomorrow and the next day, you and I will have an opportunity every day because it's a God of second chances. We'll have an opportunity to restore the balance. And the balance in our Christian life is that we trust God and that we're humble. We acknowledge that we don't know and we trust his plan for our life. And if we're not living like that, if we're not trusting, if we're not believing, if we're not humbling ourselves, if we're not submitting to God's plan, then we're not in sync with God. We can go through religious activity, but we're not in sync with the heart of God. And I want to encourage you this morning that God is gracious and good and patient and he's always wanting us to come back and say, God, I trust you with my life. I trust your plan. I'm not going to fight it. I'm not going to wrestle. I'm not going to demand my timetable or my purposes. I want to be reconciled to you, God, not for salvation. If you're a child of God, that's it. You're going to heaven. If your faith is in Jesus, we're not, we're not talking about losing our salvation here. We're talking about losing the blessing while we're waiting for heaven. We're talking about losing the peace that we can have every day until we go to heaven. And sometimes, you know, we, we have that sense of expectation what it's going to be like in heaven, and that's a wonderful thing. But you and I often miss out on the peace and the joy and the blessing right now because we don't have that humility and trust. Like Jonah, we say no to God. God just wants to re restore us. Tony survived at least five attempts on his life, all arranged by his wife, Frances. Twice she had some thugs try to beat him to death with baseball bats. On one occasion she put a tripwire across the basement stairs hoping that he'd fall down, break his neck. Twice she arranged for him to be shot, but each time he recovered. But even more miraculous on his survival was his attitude towards his wife, when she was found guilty and sent to prison, he took their four children and she visited, he visited her every week. And then when she was released from prison, she went back to their home to resume her life with Tony. Their marriage was given a second chance. When asked about the situation, Tony said, we're more in love now than we ever were before. He said, 
I don't understand why people break up over such small things. <laughs> I bet Francis knows what it's like to have a husband of second, third, fourth and fifth and sixth chances. I bet she knows security, I bet she has a confidence, I bet she feels just loved. And God's word to you this morning is, don't listen to human nature, don't listen to the evil one's threats, don't listen to the heartbeat of the world. But my economy, my kingdom is different. I'm the God of second chances. Turn around, repent in a sense, repent from our, our pride, you know, repent from our lack of humility and trust and come back and enjoy him. You see, it's not too late for a reality check. It's not too late for any of us to be blessed again, just to be in that place like pigs in mud. You know it, I know it, I can't really describe it. <laughs> but there's sometimes when I just know that I'm leaning towards my ways, my purposes, what I want. It's almost like I sort of, you know, get a little cold with God. God, you know what I want, and when you give it to me, we'll be happy. That sort of thing. Or sometimes we just jump in and things happen and we demand our timetable. They are all just things that are not consistent with a living in harmony with our God. Because when we're living in harmony with God, there's a peace and a blessing and there's an openness to accepting how things turn out. There's an openness to trusting God's purposes. Sometimes we can't see it, but there is a sense where we trust him. The Ninevites believed God. They declared a fast and all of them put on sackcloth. And when the news reached the king, he rose from his throne, took off his royal robes, covered himself with sackcloth and sat down in the dust. Then he issued a proclamation, let everyone call urgently on God, let them give up their evil ways. When we take hold of God's second chance, we believe we believe that his God's plan is the best. We, we believe that he is someone that we can trust. We believe that he is someone that we can lean upon and rest upon. And this is the connection. We see here that the Ninevites and the king, they believed in God. And when we believe in God, there's an action that responds. You cannot believe and have no response. Because when we believe, something changes. You see, initially... Uh, Initially, Jonah didn't believe enough that what God wanted to do was the best. So he said, no, God, I'm going to do something else. So it was a lack of belief for Jonah in the first place that causes the problem. And that's the same for you and me. We don't believe. It's not that we stop believing in God. Of course not. But we stop genuinely believing in his plan. We, we genuinely stop believing that he knows best or that he can change something or that his timetable is better than ours. We can have all sorts of excuses, but the reality is whenever we don't obey God, it's because we don't believe him. We couldn't be that silly, could we, to believe that God knows best and just ignore him? Surely not. Surely we couldn't believe that God's timing is best and yet demand our own. It doesn't make sense. So the problem is disbelief or unbelief. Yes, we believe in him, we believe in his son. Yes, we are his children and we, we believe that he exists, all those things, but we're not believing in him for the moment, for the now. That's the hardest thing to do is the now. I can believe him for my future, I'm going to heaven. I never have any doubts. But to believe him in the now, the reality of the now, the pain of now, the anxiety of now, that's so hard. 
And yet our relationship with God to be in harmony with him is built on faith and belief. And the belief of the king to say, I've done the wrong thing, means he puts on sackcloth, goat's hair. Normally sackcloth was for poor people or slaves or people like that, but the king himself puts on sackcloth and sits in the dirt as a symbolic gesture of, yes, I'm king, but I come under the heavenly king. And so all of the things that I've been talking about this morning, I'm sure behind your masks, you're nodding and going, yes, Paul, yes, (laughs) we have a God of second chances. But the reality is that unless we believe in his plan, unless we believe in his purposes, we'll never trust him and our actions will never change. The reason that Noah, sorry, Noah, I'll get my stories right. The reason that Jonah responded, the reason the king responded is because they believed. Because when we believe, we change our actions. And this is what we see here. And so the challenge that we face today, every minute of every day, is that we need to give birth to God's divine plan. When you leave here, when you go down to get a coffee, or you do some shopping, or you go back home, or you go back to work on Monday, this is the challenge. We can believe in the divine plan, moment by moment, second by second, where we trust God's plan, where we trust his purposes, or we reject that and we do it on our own. But if there is genuine belief, there has to be trust. And if there's trust, then how we live will be different. And so the challenge that we have is we want to give oxygen to a divinely inspired life. You have a life that the God has a purpose for you. And it's divinely inspired. We've got to give oxygen to that. We've got to give life to it. It's available to us. The blessing's there, but we have to give life to it. And the way that we do that is not just to believe, but to also act. To get to that place where I believe God in your plan for my life. Yes, I've got a tendency to be anxious and worried, but I'm going to give you that anxiety and worry. I'm not going to demand my way or my timetable or my purposes. I'm going to trust your plan. Now, I find that is the easiest thing to say. (laughs) I find it's the easiest thing to think about. Yes, that would be great. I'll trust God's plan. But I find it the hardest thing to do. To believe and act in faith and to give my life over to God. The king said to the people, call upon God with urgency. (laughs) This is the answer to trust him and to believe him and to get to that place. Imagine you're on holidays. You've arranged for someone to mow your lawn while you're away, but they don't turn up. They're a no-show. So you get home and and the grass is like two feet high. And you look at it and you think, my mower's never going to handle that grass. Ah, but my neighbour, he has a great big ride on, big powerful thing. And he said, if ever you're in trouble, you could always borrow it. And so he thought, that's going to be a good idea. That's what I'm going to do. So he's walking over, thinking about how he's going to ask for this mower. And the the neighbour's little dog arrives at his feet. One of those little nippy ones, nipping at his feet, nipping at his feet. Doesn't like dogs and he's getting a bit frustrated. And this dog, it does whoopsies on his lawn all the time, so he's even really upset. So he's walking over to ask to borrow the mower and here's this little dog. And so he just gets to the point where he's had enough and he gives the dog a good kick. And he looks up and here's his neighbour at the top of the steps looking at him. And he thinks, is this a good time to ask if I can borrow the mower? (laughs) Obviously not. 
the relationship had to be restored before he could have the blessing of the gift. The relationship with his neighbour had to be restored before he could enjoy using his right on mower. And this is not about coming back to faith. This, I'm not asking for people uh, to make a recommitment here as such. It's not like that. It's just this little but significant aspect of life where we just turn off, where we just step back, where we just step aside and we just don't listen to God like we should. We just don't obey like we should. We just don't trust like we should. I'm not talking about how often we go to church or how many committees we serve in or how much money we give. Nothing like that. But just that attitude of our heart where we say, God, I trust your plan for my life. I will obey you. And it's so easy to fall away from that. And this morning, if we want to be blessed, not as a reward, but we want to be in that state where we just have that peace that comfort, that security to know that we're, we're sitting in the centre of God's will. There's no better place. If we want to enjoy the blessing of the gift, we need to first restore the relationship. And I pray today that you do that, that I do that every second of every day. Why? Because God is a God of second chances. Why would we stay away from God any longer? Why for one second would we not trust him or obey him or believe in him? Why would we put that off for one second? Well, sometimes we do it because it just seems too good to be true that he'd take us back. Sometimes we don't come back to him because the evil ones convinced us that we wouldn't be welcome. But the story of Jonah is a story of a God who gives us second, third, fourth, gives us a hundred chances if we're willing to be humble enough and to trust him. And when God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he had compassion and he did not bring upon them the destruction that he had threatened. We don't have to worry about destruction because we're a child of God, but we can miss out on the blessing. We can miss out on the joy of being like pigs of mud in the centre of God's will. I think we've all had those oh no moments. We've all had that experience of guilt and regret. But thankfully, God is a God of second chances. But now, thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, who formed you, O Israel, fear not. I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you and through the rivers... They shall not overwhelm you. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burnt. And the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Saviour. Why is God willing to restore us over and over again? Why is he a God of second chances? Well, he calls your name. And this morning you're going to hear this in either of two ways. Either God is saying to you for the first time, I'm calling you by name, I want you to come. Maybe you've never come before, but that's God's call. He calls you by name, I'm calling you, I want you to come. But for many of us, we need to be reminded of this, I have called you by name, you are mine. I'd like you to take a moment just to uh, have an... Uh, un unpack those elements that are sitting on your seat as we share in communion together this morning. 
Um, if anyone needs a uh, gluten-free little piece of bread or snippet, could you just raise your hands? We've got a couple of people who are going to distribute those. So uh, just raise your hand, please, one down here. If you just need a little gluten-free piece of bread, thank you. Thank you. Just there, helmet. Oh, sorry. Just raise your hand so we can see. Thanks. How is this possible that God is a God of second chances? How is it possible that he always welcomes us and invites us to come back to him? For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Today we celebrate the broken body and the shed blood of Jesus. Today we celebrate that you and I love and worship a God who is a God of second chances, whose grace and mercy and love, acceptance and forgiveness is always available to those who turn to him. Would you take your bread? Would you eat it? Would you think about the broken body of Jesus? There is nothing, there is no such thing as cheap grace. It came at a huge cost. Let's eat the bread and remember his broken body. Can I ask you to stand? Would you look into the cup? Would you consider the shed blood of Jesus? And would you ask this question? Why would I keep myself at a distance from Jesus? Why would I keep myself from his plan and his purposes, his timetable? Why would I not be humble and trust and believe that he is the good, good father? Let's drink and remember the shed blood of Jesus. And the privilege that we have who are God who loves and accepts us limitlessly and unconditionally.